Hi, welcome to Making Sense of Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena. And we finally made it to the end of 2021. So uh, what we're going to be doing this, uh, this episode is we're going to be breaking down our top five movies from this year. Uh, and I felt personally just overall, uh, it was a good year for movies, especially looking back at last year. I w- I'm more excited about my movies this year than I was with my last year top five. Uh, and then I just feel like another big takeaway from this year is obviously we're still in, I think, coronavirus kind of episode three. We're going through different waves of it. We're on um, Omicron right now or whatever. But the one thing I am excited about for this year is more people were going more, did feel more comfortable going back to the theater. So um, in 2020, we had Christopher Nolan trying to bring everyone back with Tenet, which was an absolute failure. But I feel like this year we had Godzilla versus Kong and Dune and then Spider-Man No Way Home, which just came out uh, earlier last week. So that's something I'm really happy about uh, that. And especially just because going to the movie theater and streaming can coexist within the same environment. Uh, Before we start our top five, do you have any opening thoughts about how this year went? Yes. Honestly, for me, I I did not vibe with the, the, like you know, the awards movies that they were showing, Spencer, Dune, Passing, I just, I liked those movies, they were just not my favorite. Um, also, I would like to say I've only seen about maybe 24, 25, maybe, maybe less than that, um, movies that came out in 2021. Um, compared to Claire, how many have you seen? I have seen about 80 this year. <laughs> yeah, so quite a difference. So there's a quite a difference in the movies that we chose. I didn't get to see a lot of the movies I wanted to see. Every movie on my list, I watched streaming. So none mm-hmm. of the movies I watched were in theater. Um, just because, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the movies I saw in theater. I was not blown away mm-hmm. by the movies I saw in theater this year. Are there any movies that you think could potentially change your list if you saw them? Any that you're like, you really want to see still? Um, I really want to see Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in that. Oh, you saw The Novice, which I'm very interested in seeing. Oh, yes. That's a good I think there's like another movie. I want to see West Side Story. I don't know if that's going to like change my list, but I mm-hmm. want to see West Side Story. I'm not a big musical fan, but I do like West Side Story. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's others. There's so many movies that came out this year. And a lot of the mm-hmm. movies I saw in theater were the bigger blockbuster movies. Yeah. I saw pretty much the Marvel movies I saw in theaters. Um, I'm trying to think, like, did I really see any other movie that wasn't, like, big blockbuster in theater? There may be one or two, but I can't think of them right now. Yeah. All right. All right. So then let's start. My top five. The first one on my list is Coda. This and this is number five, yes. So Coda is about a girl named Ruby who is a child of deaf adults, which Coda stands for. So she's the only hearing person within her family who are all fishermen who live in Massachusetts. So it's basically a coming of age movie about Ruby trying to handle her responsibilities, mostly with helping her family and their business, and also with her school and then the main plot is she is an incredibly talented singer and her music teacher is um, encouraging her to sing in college which was never her intention because 
she was just going to go right out of high school and help her family business. So uh, this movie was really funny when it needed to be, but also kind of new one to pull out the heartstrings. Nice. I think the strong points for me, I thought were the screenplay and then um, all the performances, especially the girl who played Ruby, whose name is Amelia Jones. And she was talked a lot in this one interview I saw about how um, she didn't know sign language or how to sing before coming into this movie. And she was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get this part. But she was really great and took a, like nine months to learn sign language and things about fishing on a boat and then singing. And she said that out of everything she had to learn, singing was like the most difficult thing that she had to do or the most thing, the thing she was most scared of. So yeah. this is definitely, uh, it was just so heartwarming and it was kind of just the best of everything I thought. Nice. Was there anything else that made it your fifth of fifth movie of the year? I would say the reason I don't know why I exactly put it in five. It was just more of the vibe just because I thought, I don't know, there was a lot of good movies out this year. Um, now that's a really good question. I guess maybe it is a very rewatchable movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure why I exactly put it at five. I think I just liked everything else a little bit more. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see Coda. That's on my like mm-hmm. list of movies to see so many movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my top, my fifth movie of the year is Psych 3. This is Gus. This is the third movie. Um, this is based off the Psych TV show series. They ended after, I believe, eight seasons, and then they had two other movies. This is the third one, and it follows Burton Guster and Sean Spencer, who is our fake psychic, if you don't know the plot of Psych, um, as they basically kind of travel along to help his, to figure out what's going on with Gus's fiance Celine, who has this, like, secret past that we learn about. I'm obsessed with Psych. My sisters and I watch it all the time. We look forward to these movies. And I thought this one was just as good as the rest of them. I really liked it. I think they're so funny. The writing in these are so spot on. They always do throwbacks to other other like um, pop culture or other like seasons. One of my favorite gags they did is that um, Gus and Sean had to go like um, they're like, okay, we have to dress up and you know disguise ourselves so that this woman doesn't recognize us when they're touring an apartment mm-hmm. so sean goes as um oh my god what's his name oh rob zombie and and gus goes as like some ventriloquist and the whole time everyone's like you look like rob zombie and sean's like i know <laughs> like i am rob zombie and no one knows who gus is the entire time it was so funny they just they also like involve the actors' lives. Another really good joke was when, um, so the actor who plays Burton Gust, Dulé Hill, is was on Suits, which is where Meghan Markle, um, a TV show she was on. So they make a joke in the movie about how, um, like he's like, oh, Sean goes, oh, I wonder if everyone from Suits was invited to her wedding, and Gus goes, <laughs> not everyone. Oh it's my just, gosh. it's just, it was funny. It was heartwarming. They bring back characters like father Wesley and Woody and Karen and it's just it was a good like feel good funny movie that like continued the same vibes that the show was 
and they like want to make more. So I'm really happy about that. Wait, I've got a question. So I, I, I've heard of people watching Psych before. I personally have not seen it. Are the movies something that I can jump into? Like I could just watch the first movie and be like, okay, this is still entertaining to me. Or like, you kind of have to know the characters. I think you have to know the characters because it also like references, um, like other it references other things in the show. A lot of the characters are really, like, they are very fast talking and like. I think you can. I think it'll be hard because there's a lot of groundwork from the the TV show that is laid for these movies to like continue the way they are. But I don't know. I'm sure some people have. They're on Peacock right now, which they also make a very good joke about. And are they on, like, is a TV show still running or are there just movies now? No, so the TV show ended, I don't know when it ended, because I only, I started watching Psych maybe two, two years ago. Um, So it it was already over by the time I started watching it. So I think it ended a couple years ago. And then the first movie was, I think, 2019. And then 2020 was the second one. And then 2021 was the third one. So I'm kind of hoping they just like it's like a Christmas movie every year comes out. Um, yeah, and I I feel like there's been a few now TV series that are kind of following this same trend because that's what Downton Abbey is doing too, where yeah, right. that TV show is over, but like they're coming out with a new movie in 2022. You're right. I I keep seeing trailers for that when I go to the movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think this was fun. I love a good fun movie. Made me love the show more and love the characters more so I was very happy about that um what is your number four pick Claire okay, so my number four pick is a movie I just watched this week called The Novice it's very what we met which we were talking about yeah I think you're very really excited. gonna like this movie especially if you watched Whiplash and you like that movie because it's sort of the same kind of concept of a young person who is very passionate about, passionate about what they're doing almost to the point where it's destroying them just physically and mentally. So in this case, it's a college freshman named Alex Dahl who joins her university's rowing team. So she's on the novice team and is basically willing to do anything possible to make the varsity boat. I won't go too, too much into it if you're going to watch it later, but um, why I liked it is it's the way it was just visually executed. Um, For example, and this isn't a spoiler, but there's a lot of spooky imagery of crabs like the the literal animal a crab just because there's this term in crew called catching a crab where it's basically losing control of your oar um so i i really like that and then another thing they were doing is whenever she was rowing on the rowing machines they would have her under this spotlight that wasn't actually in the room but they it would first show everyone in the room and then just her kind of showing that when she's in this headspace, she's not thinking about anything else besides just rowing. And I actually, I did crew in high school. It's very oh. hard, but the reason I related the, to this movie was not because I did crew, because I feel like honestly, anyone can watch this movie and enjoy it. But it reminded me a lot of my soccer team in high school, because one of the things they focus on is Uh, the hazing that goes on between the seniors and the freshmen on the team, especially on a bus. Um, So like when I was in high school, what they would always yell at us is telling all the freshmen to bounce, meaning just like jump up and down in your seat, just as a kind of a way to humiliate you, which is like so messed up. 
but there was a lot of things similar to that going on in this movie so it was kind of spot on the hazing that they were doing and it's awful that it goes on just in general but for that reason to me, I was like wow like this dynamic between the higher ups and the lower ups on the tree team is just so relatable here so you'll once you watch that you'll definitely have to tell me what you think because I think it's I know I'm excited mm-hmm. um my sister did crew in college I'm wondering she did men's crew this is women's right mm-hmm. yes so obviously there's some differences but I'm always like how accurate is this <laughs> I read a really good review about it mm-hmm. as well so I'm pretty excited um my number four is Judas and the Black Messiah which is a movie I forgot came out in 2021 because it was considered for the technically 2020 Oscars which was slightly confusing um but I counted it because it really made an impact I I think we talked about this a little bit during our Oscar um episode where we discussed kind of the performances but if you don't know Daniel Kaluuya won an Oscar for this movie which is so well deserved he plays Fred Hampton um who was killed by the FBI by the informant um Bill O'Neill who's played by Lakeith Stanford and uh his wife is played by Dominic Fishback who's um Deborah Johnson I really like this movie because it not only brought to light an event I had no idea had happened and obviously you know do you take a grain of salt when it comes to movies that are trying to play to pick history because it's history and fiction they tend to mix together when it comes to movies so obviously I didn't take everything as factual but it brought that to light not only in a very compelling way but it really made me feel for every everyone in the situation besides like the FBI <laughs> um just because it was just such a terrible situation and yeah, and it was really well shot. Shaka King did the directing, um, and I think he, I think, wrote parts of the script. And I just really liked kind of how they showed him kind of infiltrating and also, like, what Fred Hampton really was. And Daniel Kaluuya was so good. I'm just so proud of him. Of yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It was a really he good, was, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. After we watched this, like, it was me and my two sisters and my brother. We were all kind of, like this was a good movie which is rare I really come out of the movie being like as soon as after I watch it I'm like I watched something great and I really did when I watched this it's only lower on the list just because I was like it's it was so in my mind for 2020 that I kind of forgot it came out in 2021 so I put other movies that I saw more recently with this I highly recommend if you haven't already seen it I did see this but once again like we were talking about since it was an Oscar movie for the year 2020. um, It's been so long since I watched it, but I remember all the real life sounds and footage that they use at the beginning of the movie, which was amazing. And I also remember the scene with Bill O'Neill in the very beginning where he's going into a bar and he's trying to impersonate the police in order to essentially steal from them. And I remember that was a very interesting starting point for that character, just because it kind of tells you everything you need to know about Bill and like what his intentions are. Yeah, um, from the beginning. Yeah, and I just wish, um, and if I wa- rewatch the movie, maybe this would be different, but I feel like the first time I watched it, I was wishing they had given Fred more screen time because they really focus yeah. on Bill O'Neill. And I was really wanting to get into more, like Fred's personal life more. So that's my only thing about it. But, um, it oh, and then like Keith Stanford, wasn't he also nominated for Best 
actor what? instead of best supporting. I thought that was the big I don't know. thing that happened. Let me check. I do remember it being like it was a weird thing um, when. I, mm-hmm. Like, I think they were trying to get him to be in the supporting category because he would have a better shot there. But then he was ended up in the best actor category with um, Daniel Kaluuya. He was nominated for best supporting actor for Judas. Oh, okay. when also Daniel Kaluuya was nominated for best supporting okay. actor and he won. So it was odd because it, like Bill really is, I feel like in this movie the main character because we're seeing everything kind of from his point of view. Mm-hmm. So I did find that um, interesting, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think they did a, a, a good job. You know, it, nothing's perfect when it comes to telling history. So mm-hmm. you know, I think for what it's worth, it was, it's definitely like a movie I would go back to. But Yeah. And I think it's still on HBO Max. I'd have to double check, but that actually, it might be one I'll rewatch. I don't know, maybe even later tonight. Who knows? Yeah, All right. And then the next movie on my list is Spencer. Uh, that's directed by Pablo Lorraine. And he also did Jackie. And yes. this is essentially... Um, the last Christmas holiday spent with the royal family for Princess Diana before she ends her marriage to Prince Charles. And the whole movie takes place over three days. Um, the main things I loved about this movie was the score, which is done by Johnny Greenwood. And it was this combination of kind of jazz and string instruments and organ music. And it just set such an eerie tone, which fits the movie so well. Um, and it mainly focuses on Each Christmas, um, the tradition is they would go to the queen's like country estate in Norfolk. Mm -hmm. And there's some traditions that like arriving before the queen and then more invasive things like you have to be weighed before you um, enter and leave to show how much fun you're having and just how constrained Diana feels by being at this location and just feeling that all eyes are always on her and she's got to be this certain person that she really isn't. and Christian Stewart's performance, I thought was just mesmerizing. Just all of her small movements, her facial expression and her accent were just all, everything was just so perfectly executed. And it's not really a straight up biopic, but it more takes into consideration what she may have done beside behind closed doors opposed to any real specific historical event, just more of a, a character study. So. I was just mesmerized and I just I love this whole movie I think I've seen it twice now oh wow this -hmm. was one of the movies I saw in theaters Mm -hmm. I did not I really I don't know I didn't hate it I didn't necessarily like it though Mm -hmm. I found it kind of a little long and personally I just didn't understand what he was trying to say with this movie like I I because you know what happens because she's a real figure Mm-hmm. It just it didn't feel like he was trying to say anything new or try to bring a new idea to Diana. I loved like Kristen Stewart's performances. I loved the costumes. I liked the way. So in some shots, I really liked the way it was shot. A lot of like wide shots of her kind of walking around and shots from above, which were really cool. I just I didn't understand. He tried. I feel like for me, try to put in so many metaphors when it came to like the birds and her pearls and the random Anne Boleyn thing like I did not it was just so much and I was like Mm -hmm. for me it just felt like someone who was trying to be highbrow like he's just trying to put so much stuff in here and be like look Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm an auteur director this is what I'm doing with my with my movie and although it's visually 
stunning. I didn't find the substance very appealing or intriguing. Just to me personally, I know you mm-hmm. obviously you very much like. <laughs> no, I I, I love it. It's so cool. No, yeah. <laughs> and I I know you bring up the Anne Boleyn because I did hear that was one of the things that I think most critics like this movie but that was sort of the thing like why did you have to have Anne Boleyn there and I personally really like that part so um Anne Boleyn or Diana finds a book about Anne Boleyn by her bedside and it's basically put there by this guy who's meant to um and she Diana doesn't know who put the book there but it was put there by this guy who's practically following her around kind of keeping her in her place mm-hmm. and the book was sort of a warning to her like hey Anne Boleyn stepped out of place and she got beheaded so don't step out of your place yourself but I like how Diana is instead of you like heeding it as a warning she kind of uses it to empower herself um and I really like that aspect of the movie and there was also that crazy scene where she's eating her own pearls <laughs> I have a little bit about that so, yeah, so it was a lot of very interesting imagery. I, I just, uh, and there, you're right, there was a lot going on, but I kind of also enjoyed that about it. People want to have different opinions. Oh, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> <laughs> all right. And certainly my brother and my sister liked it more than I did. <laughs> um, any other last thoughts on Spencer? Trying to read no, it? I think th- those are all my thoughts on Spencer. Okay, um, my third movie of the year was Pig, which was directed by Michael Cernowski. It has Nicolas Cage in it, and the essential plot of this movie is Nicolas Cage plays the chef who, for some reason you don't really know until the end of the movie, he isolates himself in, I think they're in Oregon, yeah, because it's Portland, mm-hmm. um, in the woods in Oregon, and he has this pig, who, truffle hu- who a truffle hunting pig, and he basically has kind of isolated himself from the Portland cooking scene where he was very much a prominent chef and one day someone steals his pig and he's kind of on a, on a quest to find the pig back and I saw this movie on a plane this is how <laughs> much I liked this movie that throughout the plane ride it kept pausing for the the pilot <laughs> to like talk and I was like I swear I have 20 minutes left of this movie like I have to finish it and for me, I left this movie just being like, I didn't realize I can care for a pig that much since like Babe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. For me, just such a beautiful portrait of like, I read a lot of articles about this, how it was really meant to represent grief and how that is because he really, he his wife died and that's why he isolates himself. But you also see it through his partner, who I forgot his, I think Amir, I think that's his name, um, who's this young guy who's mother committed suicide but is still alive but basically by a machine um and his like really cruel father like his own grief and they just go through these different areas in Portland trying to find someone that might know where this pig is which is really nice I feel like it showed this kind of weird darker seedier side of like the Portland food scene which is such a niche such a niche like thing that I would never suspect someone would make a movie setting in there which I found really interesting um I also just liked how much power he had in a way when Nicolas Cage also really great performance where he's he would just say his name and people would be like oh like you're you were the chef and it just opened all these doors and there's this like fight ring and an underground hotel um 
one of my favorite scenes in this movie is where they go to this really nice restaurant and they're eating um, the food and he's kind of eating it with his hands and he asks to talk to the chef and the chef and he's kind of like where's my pig because he knows the chef knew who took it and um, the chef kind of goes kind of starts to be like oh like you might not remember me and Nicolas Cage's character just goes no I remember you you were the cook this is why I fired you like what was the restaurant you wanted to 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 do when he kind of starts talking about it. he's like oh no one was really going to eat there and he kind of brings out of him this dream that he had and he's kind of which is like a pub and then he's kind of forces to do this kind of gastro you know small food small food on like big plates that sort of thing like very fancy highbrow stuff and he just kind of breaks him down and it's kind of like this isn't what you wanted just tell me where my pig is and I thought it was just so cool I really like this. And the end was also really sad. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I was like so sad <laughs> at the end. But then it was kind of nice also. Yeah, I really hope Nick Cage, I really hope he wins, or not wins an Oscar, because I don't think he'll win, but yeah, I was, hope at least he's yeah. nominated for an Oscar, because this is just one of his best roles, I think, in years. Um, I agree, yeah. And honestly, Alex Wolf, he was super good too, because I oh, first the kid knew him. Yeah, from the Naked Brother Band. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> right. So he did, he's just grown so much through this movie and then Hereditary, he was so good. And then um, the new Jumanji movies. Yeah. yeah no, we he just was, he was really good too. I don't think he'll get nominated, but there's like a weird, there's like a friendship that formed. They were first like a, a working relationship. And I think the more he kind of sees what he had the I totally forgot Nicholas Cage's character like I forgot his character's name which upsets me a Robin it's like Robin and then Rob for short okay thank you because I literally forgot everyone's name um yeah so you kind of see their relationship a little bit and then you know the scene where he's like you don't need the pig to hunt truffles like I can do it on my own I just want my pig back I was like don't make me cry over this pig <laughs> oh yeah, but such a good I movie. If it wasn't for the plane, I probably would have shed a tear. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah, I just watched this with my family the other night. And my mom, she really liked it. But the only thing she couldn't get on board with was the idea of a fight club dedicated to people in the restaurant business. And that's one of the things where I did I did Google and I'm like, is this a thing? Like, is there any truth to, truth to this? Uh, but I personally could not find anything. For me, I think because... It was such, like, it's also, I think that was like one of the first things they did when they were in underground, like, Portland food scene. Um, mm -hmm. I was kind of like, this is weird, but it was shot in a way where, like, it's not overstating. It was just kind of like, this, this, it is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. they're like, it's kind of like, for me, the way that they kind of presented it was like, we know this isn't real, but just go mm -hmm. with it because it's for the story. And I was like, yeah. I'm going along on this <laughs> restaurant journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the other thing is, if they were to get nominated for something else, the makeup on his face to show where he had been bruised from where yeah. once the, uh, those people come in and originally steal the pig, and he really has those bruises from that and from the fight scene as well that he partakes in, that makeup is really well done. So if they were to get a nomination for anything else, I think that would definitely be it. I agree, yeah. I felt very, I felt very moved by a movie where I did not think I would be. So that's why I put yeah. number three. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then my number two pick is 
I'm not a feature film, but a documentary. Uh, it's called The Rescue by, and this is directed by uh, Jimmy Chin, who had also done, um, I believe it was last year, Free Solo. Um, and this is a doc. It's not just directed uh, by him. It's um him and his uh, wife. What's her name? It's Chai. Oh, um, oh, I forget. It's oh, her name is oh, her name is Elizabeth Chai. Oh. Star Haley. They both directed Free Solo and this. Sorry, oh. don't want, don't want oh, her. Gotcha, to leave yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, so yes, this is a document uh, documentary about the rescue of the twelve boys and their coach from a flooded cave inside Thailand and essentially this soccer team went into the cave for a birthday party and it began to rain so the mouth of the cave flooded and they just had to keep on moving deeper and deeper into the cave and it really made you terrified of underwater caves just because even when I was watching this on the news it was like just the most awful thing that you can think of but this really showed the shots of how narrow these caves were and just what a complicated situation it really was and how many people needed to be involved to get all of these boys out of the cave. And uh, it's not a spoiler that, because it's real life, that all the boys do make it out of the cave. None of those boys die. But still knowing that, this was just such a stressful movie to watch. And yeah, and it took three hours to get those boys out of the cave. Like it's three hour journey there and back. And the government really didn't want the, to get those kids out through diving. So they were like, oh, let's wait till monsoon season is over or let's dig a hole through the very top of the cave. Um, but really this was just because they, the cave was gonna continue flooding they, and the oxygen levels were dropping. They had to get everyone out through cave diving. Um, and it, the, it was just so chilling what they had to do and just such a human feat of bravery and heroism that this is one of the movies that I've told everyone I know, like you have got to watch this documentary because it's amazing. You told me, to, you told me you watched it. I like watched it that weekend. Yeah. Um, this one didn't make it to my top five, but it's definitely in my top 10 of mm-hmm. I saw this year. For one thing for me that I found really amazing about this movie was how it was cave divers who did this as like a hobby who were the ones who really knew what they were doing and had the enough skill to do it because obviously they did have the Thai Navy SEALs they knew how to dive they they couldn't have done this without Thai Navy SEALs mm-hmm. but they weren't trained enough to go as deep and it was the cave divers you know idea to sedate the children and then dive them out and it just amazed me like how many times like they just could have died anyone could have died and there were two people that um did die from you know trying to to get to the children but it was just like so many things can go wrong in cave diving and you hear all these people talk about how like this is what they love to do like Mm -hmm. and they and I love the end of this movie where they all talk about like things that made me like different as a child that made me really good at cave diving like, mm-hmm. some of the kids are like, yeah, like, I just wasn't, like, a very, like, emotional kid. Like, I was able to keep everything, you know. I think one guy talks about um, he's able to kind of, like, not decompress, but, could, like, compose his emotions and other stuff and just focus on what's going on. He's like, yeah, like, people don't really like me as a child. Like, I was bullied a lot, but it made me really great for this exact moment in time. And I was like, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, Especially it was really because- great. 
Yeah, because with it's such a niche skill, but one of the things that I've read about based on just like, I don't know, other, after this, I went into such a deep hole of like, I want to read more about underwater cave diving. But <laughs> like you were saying, if you freak out underwater, like the, you're using your oxygen. So yeah. that's like, you really can't freak out at all or so many things could go wrong. Um, and yeah, I never knew from watching the news that they had to sedate those boys. I yeah, just learned so much about what it actually took yeah. to mm-hmm. you know. It's also it's odd because they go through it, and I think it was what 16, 17 days. It was that was over two weeks that they were in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, and you they go on where it's like, yeah, like the soccer league was on. So we were like, and so many people were focused in Thailand mm-hmm. and like everyone else moving on with their life, they were kind of like, yeah, like it gave us time to breathe a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't all on us all the time. Um, it was insane. Like, my favorite thing was um, in this movie where it was one of the guys who he was just exploring the cave in Thailand. He's lived in Thailand. He goes, we're going to need expert cave divers. And then just writes the name of, like, two people. And they all know each other in some way. They're all, like, yeah. yeah. Because it's such a niche and small community that, like, this one guy's calling a doctor in Australia. And they, they're all full-time job. Like, this is what they do on the side, which I also found amazing. Like, it'd be, like, an electrician. And then he's talking about going to cave diving for fun. Mm-hmm. And also, they also focused on, not not nearly as much, but the engineering feats of trying to pump the water out of the cave and then redirect water when it was raining. It's just, like, so many things that you could just never think of on your own. And, like, you really just have to be grateful for, like, really all the best minds coming together to save these children and their coach from the cave yeah and uh, when they because they initially i think wanted to like leave them in there um but and the whole point also is that, that like the boys were always like even though they were like clearly like they hadn't eaten i think in like a week when they finally found them they were so deep in the cave they didn't even realize um mm-hmm. And the boys are always like smiling and even though they're hungry, even though they might be sick, um, which you didn't necessarily hear about, obviously, obviously you didn't hear about it on the news and no one wants to let them know that. But I remember when they found out that the oxygen levels were dropping, I was like, how are they going to like get out of this? Like, even though I knew they were, they are alive at the end, I didn't know how. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's truly amazing definitely go see this film even though this isn't my top five still go see it <laughs> okay all right and what would your number two be my number two is a technicality it's shiva baby Ooh. which technically came out in 2020 but i don't think came out to like streaming services um and like public until 2021 so i count it um <laughs> a 2021 movie it was directed and written by emma seligman Ligman, um, who she's a Canadian Jewish woman. I would just say because they have bagels and locks at this shiva, um, which is not I not usually American way of doing it. They usually have meat. That's besides the point. Oh, sorry. This movie is about um, our main character, um, Danielle. She is a sugar 
baby for this man who you meet in the beginning of the movie and she goes to the shiva for basically this woman she doesn't necessarily know that much someone like that her parents know and if you don't know what a shiva is it's basically like the jewish way of mourning where everyone just gathers in a room and like talks about the person that has died under food um and so she goes to the shiva and not only is her sugar daddy there her family is there who doesn't know that she does this her ex-girlfriend is there who no one knows that they dated um and it's basically just everyone crammed into this room waiting for things to explode and she gets increasingly and increasingly more like kind of I don't want to say crazy but she's more intense and she's just she just keeps doing like the randomest things um she's like jealous of his wife at certain points and their new baby um She's trying to, like, both get away from the sugar daddy, but also, like, be there to be, like, I know what you do. <laughs> like, I, you can't say anything because I know that you don't actually give money. And then he's also finding out that she's been lying about being in law school when she doesn't actually have a job. Um, and I just found it really great. This is, I think, the only movie on Letterboxd I've ever loved, um, which is why it's in my number two spot. I just felt that, like, for me... I've never really had a movie that was so Jewish in its way. And I really enjoyed that because there were so many things that like for me growing up that I knew about at a Shiva that like are here. Um, one of my favorite scenes of all time in this movie is that they're talking to like this, one of the older um, women and she, I think the actress actually unfortunately passed away. Um, but she, she goes, she's like talking about, oh yeah, I went to the Holocaust Museum and like, I think in DC and Danielle goes, wow, you're at the Holocaust Museum. You look so happy. And it's just like a moment where you're like, why are you saying that? That's always like, <laughs> just the wrong thing mm -hmm. to say, but she's so preoccupied with everything that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard people describe it as kind of like an uncut gems because it's very much like stressful because you don't know what she's going to do, and she literally will do anything. That it's kind of, like, great. I really liked it. The ending was good. Um, yeah, overall, very well done. Oh, the actress who plays Danielle is also um, new. Also named, is named Rachel Sinant, who also did a really good job in this movie. Like, she gets more and more disheveled as she continues along. And you just feel so bad for Danielle. Like, there were so many times where it's, like, I feel as uncomfortable as her like please like I know it's not a situation you can really leave because you're supposed to be there for yeah. the person who died but you're just like oh Danielle like just leave like you shouldn't be here she needed to leave or like stop talking yeah and also like she felt immense pressure from everyone else because it's like everyone like it's like her mom trying to get a cousin to like get her a job and she's like I'm mm -hmm. still graduating like I don't need this like everyone keeps asking her mm -hmm. what she's doing with her life like oh, like what are you studying in school and she's like I created my own major her parents mm -hmm. don't really know what her own major is and everything is just building and building and she thinks everyone is like and there's one scene where she thinks everyone's just like laughing at her mm -hmm. and it culminates to this point where she like I think it's breaks a vase or like a picture frame and like the prayer books are on the floor and it's everyone staring at her and they're like I think it's time to go. Mm -hmm. was, I think my least favorite character in this though was the ex-girlfriend Maya who would just like show up once in a while and then just kind of like 
try to screw things up for Danielle and just like say things so that she's not supposed to like implying that like oh yeah we were in a relationship before like whenever she showed up I was like oh Maya like you need to get out of here and I kind of forget but do they end up like kind of getting back together or like forgiving each other at the end it is getting back together i do see it as them like forgiving each other at the end mm-hmm. which is also hilarious the the dad is like you know what let me take everyone home he has this huge <laughs> rent her sugar daddy his wife their baby um maya the ex-girlfriend this her, i think her grandmother and her mother and then danielle's parents all in one car and that's like the end of the movie mm-hmm. um i see it as a kind of forgiveness because i think up to that point they haven't um like talked to each other and Maya in the movie is seen as like a good like kind of a better version of Danielle like mm-hmm. she, I forgot I think she's going to law school or medical school or something like that you know she knows everyone at the, she knows everyone at the shiva she actually went to the funeral which Danielle doesn't she just goes to the shiva <laughs> which is also a, a funny part of the movie um yes yeah, so she's kind of seen as like a better version of Danielle but everyone has their problems mm-hmm. but overall I really enjoyed this movie I think this one's also streaming on HBO Max um, and this is like a quick watch too like isn't yeah, this like a little more than an hour long yeah yeah it's really it's super short and I think um I've, I wouldn't say I wanted it to be longer I think she could have stretched out some of the characters a bit more um mm-hmm. but I think overall like I'm very excited to see what Emma Seligman does next because Mm-hmm. this was very well done or yeah. like you could even bring back the character of danielle and something else too because she yeah. was definitely a very intriguing character mm-hmm. if they did another like hour-long movie kind of similar to this of just danielle in another situation like i would totally watch that yeah that would be great she is she's great um and claire what is your number one movie of 2021 Okay, my number one movie of 2021 was Tick, Tick, Boom. And this is directed... Yes, I am a big fan of musicals. Big fan. Uh, This was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So this was, I believe, his uh, directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's based on a musical by Jonathan Larson, who was the creator of the play Rent. And Tick, Tick, Boom specifically is the title of another stage play he did, which is essentially singing about his own life um and essentially this movie switches back and forth between showing his actual life um where he's played by the lovely andrew garfield who i've since then become kind of obsessed with he's just so handsome and talented but spider-man my crush on him has (laughs) re-emerged yeah i'm kind of like in the same boat there and actually after this totally unrelated i'm gonna watch silent but martin scorsese's movie because he's he's in that as well um but anyway back to back to tick tick boom so it's switching back and forth between the songs from tick tick boom which are about his life and then showing those actual life events and it's mostly focused on when he's writing another play which is called suburbia uh which he's been trying to get on Broadway for about eight years of him just writing it and Mm -hmm. like getting all of the music together. And he's essentially dedicated his life to this, which gets in the way of his relationship with his girlfriend, Susan, and his best friend, Michael, as well. Um, And I won't really go into what happens with both of those relationships if you do want to watch that. But 
I think on its own, this is a great movie. Uh, some, it, some people may not like it just because it is very stylistic in the way it's shot. And it is a musical which can turn people away once in a while. But for me, I just felt the passion that Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda put into this project and Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield. And on top of that, the original music that was in the Tick, Tick, Boom is just incredible. I've been listening to this soundtrack nonstop since watching the movie. And I've seen the movie twice now. Um, yeah so my favorite song and this is called therapy and it's a very meta song about how you have conversations about other conversations about how you feel Uh and it it makes more sense once you listen to the actual music but um I would 100% recommend it it's on Netflix um and I think it'll probably be not I th- I'm really hoping that Andrew Garfield is nominated at least for best actor because I really think he deserves it. Nice. I this was like kind of on my watch list for a bit, and then I was like, I'm not a big musical person. Um, but it's not your number one. I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. My number one is list. It's The Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion, who directed one of my favorite movies ever, Bright Star. Also should watch that. Um, I said I did a vibe with the awards movies. This was the movie I vibed with. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about this movie. I loved it so much. Like, the art, Jane Campion's mind, Ari Wagner's mind, with the cinematography, I was like, this is amazing. This movie, I, like, kid you not, I thought about it for, like, a week afterwards. I watched it <laughs> like, on my laptop. And this was a movie I wish I had watched in theater. Like, I was going to go see it in theaters, but it was like $22 for a ticket. Or I can watch it on Netflix. So I was kind of like, the option is made itself. But I do wish I would have shelled out. Because I think this movie, like, really benefits from a big screen. Because there's the cinematography Mm -hmm. and the setting is really just amazing. If you don't know what this movie is about, um, it's based off the book by Thomas Savage. It takes place in... 1920s in um in oh my god why am I like um Montana really they filmed it in New Zealand um and it follows the oh my god what are their names um the Burbank brothers so we have Phil who's who's Benedict Cumberbatch he's like a rancher guy um he does kind of all the physical work on the ranch and then there's George Burbank who is a kind of a softer not softer he's more emotional in touch with his emotions I guess I would say more than Phil and he doesn't do really any of the manual labor and it follows them as George marries a widow and who's played by Kristen Dunst and Rose and her son who is Peter and she's played by Cody Smith McPhee and these four people that I just mentioned performances were amazing um, and it basically follows their lives and how Phil kind of tortures Rose because he it's it's a very weird dynamic. And one of the things I really liked about this movie is how so much is in what's not said. You mm-hmm. start off the movie and it's Phil and George sharing a room and they're 40 year old men. Um, and there's a lot about how they came into the um, business. <laughs> what's his name? Phil is very much talks about um Bronco Henry. Yes, Bronco Henry. Um, <laughs> and he kind of has his own side, like 
the one thing I really liked about this was that Phil was so incredibly smart and clearly smarter than his brother. But you mm-hmm. don't root for Phil because he's so incredibly mean and um, and you see different sides to him the more he kind of takes Peter underneath his wing in a way. Um, and I don't want to ruin it because the ending is truly great. Um, but it starts off with a, um, a voiceover of Peter basically saying, like, you know, of course I would help my mother. Like, who wouldn't? And that's, I don't know the exact quote, but it starts off with that. And that's very much the theme of this mm-hmm. movie. And it just really made you think about what was going on. I know Claire and I, we had a discussion about what we thought the ending was and what it meant. But yeah, I highly recommend. I really liked this movie. If Jane Campion doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, like. Oh, she definitely will. Why are they having them? Yeah, and you mentioned this earlier, but also like plug of our first episode, because we talked about third star, so plug. Um, But also, uh, yes, um, Johnny Green would also do the score for this. The score is really amazing. Um, It it just all looked so beautiful and we we could definitely talk about this in like a spoiler episode because there's a lot to break down about this movie and the power dynamics um specifically one scene i yes one scene i in this movie everyone looking at each other it all means something in the end (laughs) it does like there's one scene where rose is really nervous because um george had asked her like hey i'm having this party like you gotta play piano and she obviously does not want to play the piano at this party but she's practicing anyway and while she's like practicing and kind of screwing up and she's just on her own phil is upstairs playing i think the fiddle like just upstaging her the whole time and just playing all these mental games with her and you you feel so you feel bad for rose and you feel bad for peter and phil's just a very complicated guy and benedict i think he'll end up winning for this either him or probably will smith for for king richard um, king richard but like benedict like just the look in his eyes he's just so menacing and he's like does a really good job with this role yeah and one of the other things i will point out um mentioning stairs is that there's this one scene so at this dinner party where rose she's she's everyone else is by the piano she's sitting at the table and there's this one scene where george is kind of like for now husband is kind of like oh i want you to play the piano like go play and she kind of is like i have to do this and the look that like the amount of emotions that kirsten dunst goes through in that like Mm -hmm. three second scene from like despair to acceptance to like you know she's she's just afraid is insane Mm -hmm. and I'm like how can a human do that because it was amazing and I was like yeah I don't know if she'll get on it I really hope she does but it's always acting acting I feel like you never know I feel like they sometimes like they'll nominate the obvious choices and then they'll just be Mm -hmm. like you know what let's just go with old favorites who don't deserve that's true from last year (laughs) ruined it oh my gosh and I would say, like, the other person besides Benedict who I'd like to see be nominated is the guy who plays Peter. Yeah. Because I think, like, for a supporting nomination... I agree. I feel like if I was... If I had the job of the Academy, which I think I should, just personally, but yeah. that's who I would nominate. 
<laughs> I, I agree. He also, because he does a, he does a kind of, I feel like his, as a character, has the most, most growth. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. growth, but you see who he is as a person throughout the movie and it takes a lot. And he does a really good job of like, you don't really know who, you think you know who Peter is as a person. And then you see him do all this stuff and you're like, mm-hmm. maybe it's some, it's not what I thought. And yeah. I highly recommend that you watch this movie. They're both on Netflix. Our top, both our top number ones are Netflix movies. Yeah, that's such a good point. This would be personally a great double feature. Watch Tick, Tick, Boom, and then Power of the Dog. Don't know why that would be a good double feature, but just do it. Yeah, so. <laughs> so before we wrap things up, do you have any um, movies that you're looking forward to in 2022? Oh, God. Um... The one that only comes to mind is the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I I just saw Spider-Man last week, so that's in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm be honest, I don't know anything about the movies that are coming out in 2022. <laughs> like, I've been paying attention, but so many movies have been pushed that I kind of just stop. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, once someone writes a review and it ha- it's actually in theater, then I'm like, I'll see what's going on. I'm trying to think, like, mm-hmm. I actually like, don't know what movies are coming out. The ones I'm excited for would be the Batman with Robert Pattinson, of course. Oh, you're right. You're so right. excited for that. And Did then, you see the actually, I haven't watched the new trailer yet, but I will. Clear. There's a screenshot I have to I have to send to you once you've watched it. <laughs> yes. And then I'm excited for the the new Avatar movie. Honestly, <laughs> Avatar two. Oh, we could talk about this in another podcast. I'm also a very big fan of the Avatar movie. I I used to, I used to watch it so many times growing up. Um, obviously, <laughs> like you know, it has its problems, but it is what it is. It's still a good movie. Kate Winslet's in the second one. I'll watch it. Yes, and then the other two I'm excited for. Um, Baz Luthorman is doing an Elvis biopic, so I'm oh, excited for that one. And I think the new and the dog is in it. Oh, wait, which guy? The guy who plays Peter. He's going to be in that movie. You know. Oh, I didn't know that. I read, I read an yeah. interview and he was, like, talking about it. Yeah, and then the last movie I'm super excited for is the new Jurassic World movie. Because even though, like, they're kind of shit shows, like, kind of I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of here for the ride now, so I'm excited for that one. Uh, I only watched the first of the revamped ones. I liked mm-hmm. it. I wasn't, like, over, overly, like, obsessed with it. But... Mm-hmm um yeah I can't believe I can't think of any movies coming out in 2022 that I actually want to watch um I don't know I always have my list of movies that I say I'm gonna watch this year I watched Citizen Kane never thought I was gonna watch that movie anytime soon did you like Citizen Kane I did like Citizen Kane I I didn't think I was going to like it there's a reason it holds up (laughs) wait wait, wait, why'd you watch it my brother just asked Yeah. We, we watched it um but yeah i was like I, i'm very <laughs> could talk about this another time about citizen kane and my thoughts on movies that people think are number one <laughs> aka film bros we can this later um but thank you for hearing our top five movies we want to know what your top five movies of 2021 are if anyone ever decides to comment on our podcast or our instagram post let us know um or twitter you're on twitter too So we uh, hope you guys have a safe and happy new year and we'll see you in 2022.